Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Catlin. And welcome to the How, How to, to Love, Love Me podcast. podcast. All right. So, hello and welcome. Welcome to another episode, guys. Welcome to another episode of How to Love Me, the podcast where we talk about mental health and relationships. Specifically, Hannah's relationships. Welcome to the ep- or, Jesus. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Hi. Well, I guess it's her episode. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to your episode. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to the Hannah episode. Yes, hosted in my home. Yes, yeah. Well, we always like going to other people's homes because it gives you that sense of comfort and and dire hopes that maybe you'll open up a little bit more. Ooh, exactly. That's the goal here. The goal. Yeah. Open up. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So obviously, you don't need to hear anything about us because this is all about you. Oh man, I guess not. No, so we're not even going to talk, really. We're oh, just they're gonna, awful. Yeah, <laughs> this is your episode. That sucks. Okay, I'm kidding. Uh, where to start? Well, let's start from the beginning. Oh. Where do you connect with mental health? Let's start ooh, there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, yeah. what are you doing right now in mental health? Well, oh, what am I? Uh, I'm doing, I, I'm doing, I'm coming off a low today. Oh. Uh, I actually, I like to do a thing where I like to like manipulate my mental health and be like, if I notice that like I'm sad and I haven't mm. cleaned the house in a while. Having, like, people coming over, like, my anxiety kind of pushes past my depression to be like, the house needs to be clean. Yep. Because people are coming over, and you don't want them to think that you're a gross pig. And so, like, my anxiety can actually push past my depression, and then I can get shit done. Yeah. So that's what I did today. I literally woke up, and I was like, I feel like shit. But people are coming over, so I better clean this house. And I did. And actually, I'm I'm happier for it. Yeah. And I also got to, like, sage a bit, which was... Good too. Always helpful. Yeah. Always helpful. Yeah. We're always helpful. Saging. Oh yeah. Okay. So I, this is something that Kelly doesn't know. Um, I have. I am a practicing witch. Okay. Right. And so I've been practicing witchcraft for five years now. All right. Quite good at it. If I'm going to toot my own horn. Ooh. Okay. Yes. I'm very good at tarot. That is like my bread and butter. I'm actually very Ooh. good at giving readings as well. Ooh. Okay. Oh, I'm good. Oh, I am. Fi- I'm actually girl. too good because I did it at my family reunion. And I made my one cousin cry. Oh, oh goodness. And she was like, okay. my mother's dying, and that's what it's saying. And I'm like, I know that's what it's saying, and I'm so sorry. Like, it was, <laughs> oh, no. she's crying. Wow. Because she's like, how did you know my mother was dying? I'm like, I didn't. It's what it says. It's, yeah. It's I'm what the s- cards are telling yeah. me. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's crying, and I had to give her a hug. It was, oh. And then there was like a whole mood, because then everyone was like, will you do me now, Hannah? I'm like, yeah, I guess I will. So I did like eight people in a row, and by the end of it, I was like, I am drained, and I just want to have a nap. Yeah. So when you say witchcraft, what is witchcraft? Okay, so it's um, so witchcraft is is different than Wicca. So how I explain it is witchcraft is a is spiritual practice, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a way to practice your spirituality. So you can use witchcraft to practice any sort of spirituality that you want, right? And you can have whatever religion you want and still be a practicing witch. So you could be a Christian witch, you could be a Muslim witch, you could be okay. whatever you want, right? The the religion is Wicca. Um, I personally. I, I, I've looked into it uh, and I don't do a lot of Wiccan stuff. Not, not because I don't just not, not because I don't like it, but because I don't feel like I have enough information to call myself a Wiccan. Okay. I feel like I need to do more research till I get there. Cole right. actually does a lot of Druidry. Mm-hmm. And so he's, um, there's a whole basically college of Druids 
that you sign up and you become a bard because in Druidry, the like level, like their level of like pastor is a bard and you actually have to take like a college course for it and you have to write sonnets and write poems expressing like your perspective of life and what you think and what you feel. And it's, it's quite long and it's, um, and he listens to the Druid cast. And so he's been practicing that for the last couple of years. And he's really, both of us have decided that we're going to, sell our house and live in a trailer for the foreseeable future. We're trying to get down to be minimalists and also just a way to be closer to each other mm-hmm. and also closer to nature because if there's less space, there's more time for us. And mm-hmm. so both of us have been on a very similar spiritual path lately. And so now I've, I, with all that I've done, I'm like comfortable being like, I'm a witch. I'm a practicing witch. So what is it? I still don't know. It's it, it's different to everybody. It's so complicated because it's so personal. So for me specifically, um, my practice, I do a lot of green witch stuff, which is growing herbs with certain intentions and fusing those herbs and intentions in my food to give to people to help them out. So okay. if okay. I know, so for example, if Cole and I, if Cole and I are in a low for our mental health and I say I need some more peace and calm or even protection well then i might make a lavender scone infused with honey because lavender and honey are protective have protective properties and then we'll have some green tea which is really good for clearing out negative energy and so that's Mm. what we'll have for like a nice fancy lunch together and that's the magic right so being a witch then is it more like being connected to i guess like a spiritual body yes. versus because like obviously when i think about witch you know you think the old school burn them to a stake they can turn you into a pig you yeah, know i don't yeah. want to leave here being a different species well and also like <laughs> oh doing spells like this the, yeah. when you think of a witch you think of like the big hat and the spell work and the candles and exactly. sometimes it is that right like um there's been a few times on the full moon i have cast a circle and have done meditation within the circle and lit the candles with my crystals but actually it's a lot more simple than people think it is it's basically like a form of meditation witchcraft right because a big part of witchcraft is meditation and having connection to the earth and if you don't have the connection to the earth and if you can't meditate well those are two things that you're lacking in your practice okay and some witches go even farther than that right they'll use their meditation to astral project to find familiars to communicate with deities which is amazing and it's just not something i'm quite at yet i have deities but i work with them on much different than other more ritualistic witches do right my stuff's very natural gardening part of the earth using Mm -hmm. the herbs knowing what the herbs feeling are knowing the power that they hold and then using that in your cooking to boost whatever people are lacking okay that's that's very interesting that's completely different than what i expected it it is it's a lot of a lot of people when i explain it to them they're like oh that's just like kind of being like a hippie and i'm like yeah yeah exactly what yeah. it is yeah that's 100 percent how literally i would describe what it is. that being a hippie yeah why be a hippie cool you're a witch now good job so i like grew up doing the natural path thing only do using herbs we don't yeah. use prescription drugs like yeah. that's what we've always been about so we're kind of you know borderline i guess yeah you are yeah. yeah yeah and literally like um and so a lot of the things we've been cole and i take from a lot of different cultures um he's reading this great book which is like it's called braiding sweet grass it's one of his favorite books and it's all about um homeopathy homeopathic remedies but from the indigenous perspective oh okay that's and, interesting yeah and so a lot of the stuff that she says i actually practice as well just inertly it's so she was saying how if you're gathering herbs you have to ask the plants permission and you have to be prepared and accept a no if it's a no 
And how you know is just intuition, right? It's just mm-hmm. a gut feeling. If you go up to like, for example, we grow cannabis. We've been, I've been talking with the cannabis because it's having a deficiency and I'm, we're trying to figure out how to get past this deficiency with it. And so like talking to it and just being like, do you think it's the magnesium? Do you need more ground up eggshells? Like what can I do to help you here? Huh. And then just kind of going like my gut, whatever I feel like the answer is. Right? Yeah. It's all intuition. It's just yeah. guessing. It's like yeah. when people are like, I pray to Jesus. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is why you could be a practicing Christian witch if you wanted to. That's crazy. So Seriously, why no do idea. you still, why do everybody, like there's a connotation attached to witch. Obviously there has been for centuries. Oh, Right? I could oh you I could go on okay so the reason why witchcraft essentially got wiped out is because most practicing witches were midwives yeah and so when the, the kind of the job of being a doctor came up in society the church was like we can't have these random women taking our clients away oh, so okay. what we're gonna do is we're gonna say witchcraft is evil and we're gonna say you gotta go see a doctor and not a midwife and it was just a way to actually oppress women and to actually funnel more money through the church and not through just everyday people. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I we're can't. 10 minutes in, and I feel like we've done enough. Oh, I feel I like I should end the episode here. I, like I said, I could go farther for you. Actually, so, and and um, I consider myself a pagan witch, which is just pagan is just any, it's just the older religions, right? I follow the wheel of the year instead of normal, like mm-hmm. Christian holidays, for example. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of the reason why Christianity's holidays are so similar to pagan holidays is because when Christianity was first being formed, there was a Roman city that wanted to basically convert and just be full Christian. And so they had a lot of pagans. And so what they did is they based a lot of my holidays and transferred them into a Christian holiday. So Astera, mm-hmm. which is the spring equinox, became Easter. And how we celebrate Easter now is exactly the same way I celebrate Astera. Like, you paint eggs at Easter. Mm-hmm. You paint eggs in Astera for, and you leave them out for spring for the spirits. You don't, it, that's what, yeah, instead of, like, children oh finding God. them and, like, getting treats for them, you're supposed to paint them and you're supposed to put the intention of what do you want the new spring to be? And then you're supposed to leave them outside hidden for the spirits to have, right? It's the same tradition. is just warped. Same with, like, Christmas and Yule, right? Mm-hmm. Yule and Christmas are the same freaking thing. A Yule tree is a Christmas tree. It's it's crazy. It's it's literally the whole reason why witchcraft just got warped is literally just because the church wanted to funnel more money and more power into them back in the day. Yeah, but why wouldn't I mean at this point, at this day and age, why wouldn't we call it a different a different name? Like why wouldn't we give it a different connotation? Because when I hear witchcraft, I instantly think, "Oh, I don't know about this. This is getting a little weird for me, a little too intense." But when you explain it like that, it Makes just, sense. Yeah, but yeah. then it still has that connotation of witchcraft. I think it's popularity, yeah. uh, really, right? Because it did it did get, it literally, the perception of witchcraft through what the church had taught us and what mainstream, and, and basically what the church adapted, that became mainstream media. And I'm using mm-hmm. quotation marks here because at the time there was no media, obviously. Right. of course. But yeah. mainstream understanding is the church said, witches are evil, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was the, that was the, that was a consensus. Yes. Yeah. And so now it's only been recently in the last pff, 20 years that it's starting to be back understood to its roots. And people are starting to be like, oh, witchcraft is this. It's not hexing your friends and, you know, yeah. lifting them up with their fingers like you see in the craft. Like, it's not that. It's something else. And so I think it's just 
just popularity. It's becoming more and more popular. And so because of that, it's just getting more light shined on it. Yeah, because like, I mean, obviously it takes a lot of practices from a lot of things. Like you talk about Buddhism and you talk about the spirit of something. And you know, no matter who you are, like me as a hunter, if I take an animal, I thank that animal, no matter what, like no matter what the situation is, I always thank the animal for what it's done. It's sacrificed for me. Yeah. So it's still kind of that same thing. And it's just crazy that when you put a connotation in something like when it's called witchcraft, that, you know, you think that you're so different, but truth be told, you and I do a lot of the same things. Exactly. It's, and it literally, like I said, it's so personal and it can be adapted to anything because it's, it's witchcraft is a practice of your spirituality it's not so it looks different to every person i yeah. i know other witches in the area that do ritualistic stuff like all the time and that's just not my practice and so yeah. i don't do that yeah right it's so it's so personal and i i like that i like having um a spirituality that is flexible to me specifically i, I don't have to follow a rules i don't have to i don't have to do whatever just because that's what other witches do no there's so many of us and we're all so different and we all have different labels that's why you get into like there's hearthcraft which is like home witchcraft there's kitchen witches there's green witches head witches what's a kitchen witch a kitchen witch is basically any if you use witchcraft in your cooking or in your cleaning you're a kitchen witch, right? The her- I'm a kitchen witch. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but okay. So getting into the witchcraft, my biggest question for this is how does it affect your mental health? How do you feel that you control your mental health using this practice? So I think to, to explain that, I got to say kind of what happened to me as a child. So um, when I was six, six, seven or eight, I can't quite pinpoint exactly. Um, I was sexually assaulted multiple times by a family friend. And then to the point where I was actually raped. And it happened over months and months and months. And uh, the last time it happened was the full on that. And um, his mom walked in. And we were all, and we were, and like my family and their family were close, close friends. And we had all had camped at their farm for years. Mm -hmm. And when when it kind of, everyone found out about it, there was a huge severing of that friendship for my parents. They Mm. didn't actually, they didn't really hang out with them or see them often after that yeah and so I hadn't dealt with that for a long time and I don't blame my parents for sure they didn't know what was like they didn't know what what the proper course of action was in this in this kind of experience right and so what we all kind of did is we kind of just put it under the rug Mm -hmm. yeah as you do when you're a kid in the 90s yeah basically 90s kids they just went we're not going to deal with that right now we don't have time to unpack all of that yeah so we're just gonna pretend (laughs) that some of it we're just gonna put it and we're just gonna ignore it and it's not gonna happen and so Mm -hmm. for years i had ignored it and i ignored it and i ignored it and then i uh started to like in junior high when everyone's starting to get into relationships i got into relationships faster. I was Mm -hmm. with older boys. I experimented quicker. I did things before a lot of people. And that was literally me trying to figure out what had happened to me as a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and to, and it gave me a lot of anxiety. Sorry, that was mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pause two seconds. So yeah, it gave me a lot of anxiety and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to deal with it. And so the thing is with sexual assault and, young children because um, I'm also an early childhood educator and I learned this in ha- just because it just happened to be in the curriculum mm-hmm. and I was like oh look at this 
applies to me. Um, so you just reminded me so much of your mom the way that you just said that. I well, I guess that. we need to say Kelly and Hannah have a history. Yes. Yeah. So we've known each other for, for birth. Pre- yeah, pretty much our entire lives. Her dad literally lived at my parents' house for years. Yep. Yeah. 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 And yeah. this like, is my first time meeting her, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I Let guess me make should. that very clear here. So, Catelyn, um, here's all my emotional trauma. Thank yeah, you yeah. for meeting me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's, Let's dive in. Hey, my name's Hannah, and this is my entire life. That's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I feel like I introduced... Uh, my name's Catelyn, and I'm a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can tell you some stories. Um. So, yeah. So, all of that. I never dealt with it, and so... The thing is, what happens is a lot of sexual assault in young children, it goes one of two ways. And a lot of people typically know the one way, and they assume that's how it always goes, where you don't want to be touched sexually ever again. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're closed off to relationships and that whole experience. Actually, that's only 40% of what actually happens. The other half, or I guess 60%, is hypersexualization. And a lot of girls, especially, lean towards hypersexualization. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened to me, is I became hypersexual. I did things more than my peers. I experimented faster than my peers. And also because of that, I got a label of slut, whore, the whole nine yards. Uh, I was the butt of a lot of jokes in high school. Um, I literally, like, I had a neighbor who we were driving to school, each of us in a different car. And for mm-hmm. fun, when you're a teenager and you're in your car, you you know, you do the thing where you're, like, you're really close up to your friend. And mm-hmm. so I did that. I was really close to him just to, like, be like, ha, ha, ha. And then when we both parked right beside each other, he was like, damn, Hannah, I know you like riding guys, but geez. <sighs> Good joke. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hurtful. Made me sad. Um, But it's, anyway. Yeah. So because of that... And all that jazz. I didn't deal with it. And I got this label. And I I got ostracized in high school because of it. And I wasn't particularly popular to begin with. I wasn't... I was weird. Right? Liked to wear black a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And uh, a lot of people called me Morpheus. And so my... All of my relationships have been a heavy emphasis on that sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that. Okay, so I'm just going to dive in here. Yeah, go ahead. If they called you Morpheus, did you wear a trench coat? I totally did, yeah. That's why. It was a a long leather (laughs) trench coat, and I wore these platform black boots, and I I had my natural hair, but I had, like, blonde streaks that were, like, lines. Okay. Just Mm -hmm. freaking lines in my head. And then once I got to high school, I was like, that's it. Red hair it is. We're Mm -hmm. only wearing red hair from now on. And then so I had red hair for years. And, yeah. Oh, it was a mood well, yeah, I mean, no one can see you, but obviously you look nothing like Morpheus, so I had to figure out yeah. why. Oh, yeah, no, it was, yeah, and and like I said, I was a nerdy child to begin with, and then so then you throw in all of this stuff, I was ostracized immensely and tormented a lot. And actually, as much as I hate to admit this, I was a bit of a bully, too, mm-hmm. because I was hurting so much, and so yeah. I went after a lot of women that were weaker than I was, and I competed with a lot of women, and actually a lot of... I, not that I stole boyfriends, but if a person who I didn't, who I was competing against had an interest in another guy. You went after that Oh, guy. yeah, I did. And I yep. won every time because I'm a winner. <laughs> well, no, it's not even that. It's like, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. these women are cutting you down. So you're going to cut them down. Exactly. exactly. And, yeah. they, and one in of the, the way easiest, you can. And the easiest way I could was getting men. And my personality type is, like I said, 80% of my personality type is men. So it's easier for me to connect with men because mm-hmm. it's just I it's just easier. Yeah. And yeah. so I used that and I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. And so I used that too. And so mm-hmm. yeah. So high school and junior high was a shit show. 
of epic proportions and it just made me worse and I felt worse and I actually got into like a big problem with like drinking too much yeah like I drank a lot and too much and it was detrimental did that start in like the high school time oh yeah oh yeah I I had skipped school a bunch because I was wasted yeah yeah and yeah, and like, and I love my parents, but my parents were pretty big partiers. Yep. Right. Yep. Kelly knows because her know family's also partied. Yep. With my family, and Quite so, a bit. and so, yeah, and so we were exposed to that whole side of mm-hmm. drinking. So you're exposed early to that on. very early on, because I remember when we were like little, little kids, and this was what we were seeing. Exactly. So naturally, having you know your family and all of your family friends in that scene, you just assume that that's what you do. Exactly. And like I said, a lot of girls who don't deal with sexual assault or rape early on, like when they were little girls, they put themselves in dangerous situations to try to recreate a feeling, an understanding, right? Because we all want to understand what happened to us as a child, so we try to repeat it. And so I put myself in incredibly dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. I went to strange people's houses, which I probably should have. I got into people's cars, which I probably shouldn't have. And and just overall, I was unhappy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, a big breaking point for me was I was on again, off again with a boy, and I'm not going to name his name, but I will call we him. We call him Steven. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah, let's call him Steven. Steven. Okay. Steven. So I was on again and off again with Steven a lot. And um, Steven and I, I just finished high school, right? I wasn't going to university because I had shit the bed in high school by being, by dealing with all my mental health stuff. And so um, I was with Steven and then he had literally, we were in his room and he was telling me all these things that like, one day I'm going to marry you and you're the one of my, you're the one and blah, blah, blah. And so being a girl who dealt with all this stuff and having someone tell you, I want you forever. I was like mm. invested. I was like, yes, this is a thing. And then not even like a minute later after he told me that he had this stupid walkie talkie app where like his buddy sent him a message being like, so have you broke up with Hannah yet? Ooh. Yep. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's how I knew. And so we broke up. And it was fine. Um, I'm thank God we broke up. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, and and so the same guy who sent me a message was like, "Come to this party. Steven's not going to be there. Don't worry about it. Like, come with me. We'll be. We'll have a good time." And so I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go to this party. It's going to be great. I'm going to go to this party. It's going to be great." And so I go to this party, and Steven shows up with his new girlfriend. Oh God! Oh, and God. it had been like three days since he we broken up. And the girlfriend which he had brought was a girl who he had told me not to worry about. And it was a girl who I had specifically said, like, I don't think this is okay. I think you guys are crossing a line. And he was like, no, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, shows up with this new girl. And so I am distraught. And I was brought in here by a friend who's wasted. I couldn't go home. I wasn't going to call my mother because, like, my mom and I weren't jamming as much as we we are now. And so I was like, I'm not going to call my mother. And so I was like, I'll ride this out and I'll go home in the morning. And so actually that was the same party I met my future husband at. Hmm. <laughs> so that's why I bring it up because I'm bawling and I'm outside and I'm smoking some cannabis trying to calm down. And my husband, my future husband sees me. I have never met this man in my life. Well, no, I'd seen him at parties every now and then, but I didn't really talk to him. And so he sees me and he looks at me and he does like tears. And he goes, no, no. And then he starts to like do a sexy dance to try to cheer me up. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it cheered me up. And I was like, well, this is good. This is fun. This is great. And my husband was, very, was a playboy when he was uh, hanging out with all of us. He was like the cutest one. 
And so I felt so good. And then we get into the party and he's like, do you wanna? And I was like, no, no, no. I actually kind of like you. So I got to say no, because if I do it, then like, mm. I'm going to just like shove you off to the side. And so we just talked that party. And then we actually both ended up hooking up with different people that night. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Interesting turn of events. Yeah. He hooked up with this one girl. I hooked up with uh, Steven's best friend. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, okay. There's so fuck you, Steven. I yep. was an asshole. And so. I, I think Steven deserved it. Uh, yeah, Steven did bit, deserve it. A little um, bit. But it was awful and it was, it was awkward and it was bad. And so, and then, yeah. And so after that, uh, my, the guy who had taken me to the party, who sent the message to Steven was living with my future husband. And so I was over there all the time. (laughs) And I, my other friend was living with me at my parents' house and she was like, Hannah, I swear to God, don't date Cole. Don't do it. She's like, you just got out of this relationship with Steven. You should just be single. Don't date Cole. It's a bad idea. And like, my husband, it looks, was is nothing like the man he was back then. Like, back then, he was like, he shaved his head and he hunted all the time. He liked to shoot gophers in the head with like 22s and yeah. like total farm boy, but like a bit of an asshole. Like, it, he not anywhere he is now. And so we ended up, so everyone was like, you're never, Cole's never going to date you. Cole doesn't date people. And so someone says, no, I got to do it. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up dating. Um, and we dated for two years. And it was hard. It was extremely hard. And that's when I kind of was like, okay, I really got to see somebody about this. <laughs> so is that yeah. when your mental health struggles started to come to the surface? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because so. like I said, all before I had based off all of my relationships off of just like quick and easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And now it had to be based off of something more than that. Something that you've got to commit to every day and yeah. you got that re- repetition. And, and you didn't know how to deal with that. Exactly. So I started seeing a therapist because I thought it was the best option for me. Yep. And so mm-hmm. I had been seeing the therapist on and off, on and off for, since up to now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I still check in every now and then when yep. I need to. Yeah. Um, because like as, as, our, as we progress together... Cole's mental health also started to come to light. Yeah. Right? Of course. He as had it would. massive commitment issues, which we got past, obviously, because we're married now. Um, but now recently, like his anxiety and his depression has really come to light. And basically our whole brunt our whole beginning part of our relationship was him supporting me and me getting through my stuff. And now that mm-hmm. like my stuff's starting to actually like Level out? Level yeah, I'm, I'm, bit, yeah. I'm, I have good, healthy ways to deal with it now. Yeah. So now that I'm kind of on that nice foundation, he's building his foundation. Right. And so now he, the man he is now is much different than the man he was then. And we've been together for seven years. We've been married for two. So, um, yeah. And it's basically, I feel like I kind of got over my stuff because of Cole. Because the two of us committed to each other Mm -hmm. yeah and having that sense of security Mm -hmm. while especially like with dealing with um sexual assault at a young age it really does affect your relationships Mm -hmm. and it really is almost not whole relationship based but like the brunt of where it starts to come up right is in commitment of relationships and Mm -hmm. so having that person just support me throughout the whole thing yeah made it easier and then we both got into like spiritual practices we both got into cannabis which really opened up our mental health it's been really great to really unpack heavy feelings without 
almost feeling those heavy feelings. Yeah. Because it, it helps numb it. Exactly. It yeah. drops your inhibitions a little bit. You don't overthink it. Yeah. And, it, mm-hmm. and you're able to get stuff off your chest. One thing I do want to dive into is the actual therapy. So because you went from, you know, I think I need to talk to somebody, how big of a change in your life did that make? Oh, huge. Um, Basically, basically I was able to now see my toxic behavior. Okay. Going into therapy was, it was so scary. At the first day, I just cried and then the second one I just cried and then the third one I cried about halfway yeah and and then the thing too is um I made my therapist laugh a lot okay and I was like oh my god if I can make her laugh I'm fine yeah I'm not crazy (laughs) she's laughing she's entertained and then she'd be like now when's the next session and I'd be like like but wait a minute wait a minute my funny is not enough. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? This has been my whole personality for yeah. the last five years. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't tell me I'm not Humor funny. hasn't healed me? Exactly. Humor hasn't healed me. It's made it worse. What? What? Oh, no way. Yeah. So it's really, basically, it made it, it made it almost like a part of me in a good way. It made it easier to embrace, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. easier for me to be like, before therapy, I couldn't talk about it without crying. Now I can talk about it. I'm not crying. Right, mm. I can feel the emotion in my throat, yeah. but I'm not crying. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've been trying to talk about it more with women especially because one in three women experience sexual assault. And I find as a woman, the minute mm. you're like, I was sexually assaulted, all these other women they come up to, to you and they go, up. I was too. Yeah. I was also sexually assaulted. And then it's nice for them to know you're not... They're not alone. They're not alone. You're not alone. Man, we got a whole... Okay, sexual assault, that is something that I really want to dive into, but I think I want to finish it on on that. So when you and Cole got together, and obviously you were seeing a therapist, was he seeing a therapist at the time? No. God, no. So you brought him? No. God, no. How did that work then? I went by myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would come home, and I would be like, this is what we talked about. And so I would unpack it twice, basically. I'd unpack yeah. it with my therapist and then I'd come and talk to Cole about it. Yeah. Um, and Cole's till this day still does not see a therapist, mm-hmm. but he's leaning towards it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you have to be open-minded to be able, you have to want the help before you can actually accept the help. Well, and Cole's a overthinker. <laughs> we know all about yes. that. Yes. So, so he, I feel like with him, he's like, oh, I don't need to see a therapist. I can just think about it. Mm-hmm. And so he's at that point where he's just like, maybe I should talk to someone else. And I've always been like, you should really talk to someone else about this because, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say the wrong thing, exactly. right? And I'm, I, and I'm also a flawed human being. Like, I'm gonna say the wrong thing. Yep. And um, yeah. And so he's, so it's, it's hard though because, like, right now. Like I said, right now we're both kind of figuring out different parts of our relationship, right? Um, even though we've been together for seven years, we've been together a long time, it's now we're really starting to be like, okay, I have this thing, you mm-hmm. have this thing, how are these things going to mesh together? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's where we're at right now. Before, mm-hmm. it was basically we were like kind of treading through the trenches. Well, now yeah. we're past the trenches and we're in the open field. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. is the next move? Right. And so we've realized that with his mental health he gets a lower sex drive than i do and with my mental health i get a higher sex drive because i like to like use that part of your relationship as yeah. like a band-aid yeah. to be yeah. like i'm feeling sad i can do this thing and i'll feel happy because the serotonin is good yeah yep and yep. but he's not into it because his mental health gives him a lower sex drive so now the two of us are trying to navigate well you don't want it but i want it mm-hmm. how do we yeah how do we how make- do we make it 
compadre. And you, but you know what? Here's the thing. You guys are doing the right thing off the bat because you're talking about it. Oh yeah. A lot of people would shove this to the side and just be like, I don't know, it's just not working right now. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out later. I don't want to bring it up because it's a hard subject. Oh. You guys are killing it. When it's a hard, like, don't get me wrong, it is a hard subject. It is a hard thing to talk about with your partner to be like, you give me everything I need, but yeah, yep. And, and especially when it comes to sex, because sex is it's a, a big thing. It's huge. It's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. It's a big thing. And like you, I listening to your guys' podcast, you talk about how you guys don't get, you guys don't yell at each other when you have discussions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cole and I are the complete opposite. Yes, but you guys, <laughs> I feel like just get sitting across from you. Obviously, you know your volume's a little further down than ours mm. because you're a loud person. I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. that's so much yelling. Like when oh no we no no we. We yell. Okay. We yell. I think it's um the thing I've noticed between the two of us is when I when everyone meets Cole they think he's such he's so stoic and he's so like that's that, what I thought. That like, is one hundred percent my first impression yeah, of Cole. Yeah, like a wall, right? He's yeah. just a big tall blonde wall, just big beautiful man and wonder, yeah, wonderfulness yeah. that just stands there. Oh no, he's he is him and I both together are very explosive. And okay. Very like mm-hmm. our emotions are like oh, up and down and and so because of that we do fight a lot yeah Yeah. and our fights aren't like and our fights aren't little like i'm upset with what you did it's never that it's Mm -hmm. always like you take it to 10 eat both of us yeah both of us take it to 10 like literally when we were having this discussion about i was like i'm lacking some of the sex stuff right Mm -hmm. that became a fight and but for us it's almost lethargic to kind of like get all the anger out because once we like scream at each other, we're then like, oh, okay, well now let's talk about it like normal yeah. human yeah. beings. And then we can, right? But it's always, it's always explosive first. And mm-hmm. it's always, and it's not like toxic because it's not like, we don't say bad, we don't say bad things to each other. We don't like, we never call each other names ever. Mm-hmm. We never swear at each other. Or bring each other down. Or bring each other down. You're but, just wanting to be heard. Yeah, we're just yelling yeah just yelling both of us and then sometimes like he's like i I can't and then he has to go for a walk and then he comes back and then we're good again right Mm -hmm. it's 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 high emotion high energy in those moments and it's almost like we do that on purpose to drain ourselves yeah of that high emotion high energy and then we can finally now have like an actual conversation that doesn't involve Screaming. Yeah. yeah. Like our friend says he has a 24 hour rule. So that's Kaler. Uh, and his 24 hour rule is that when you get into it, when you start an argument, you know it's going to get heated. Stop, take 24 hours, think about it, process it separately. 24 hours later, you come back together and have that conversation. See, and the thing is, we've tried that in the past of giving us space and it yep. makes it worse. Okay. Because then mm-hmm. we stretch the fight out yeah, over days. You've got a day of just getting angry and exactly. building it You're up. You're stewing. Exactly. So yeah. what, So we find like our fights aren't long. Like yeah. as much as they're screaming, we're not screaming for hours. I think the longest we've gone is like 15 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And But then after that, we talk, we're good, we're fine. And mm-hmm. then we have yeah. like long periods of like peace and calm and support and it's really great. And then basically it happens again and peace and calm and it's great. And mm-hmm. I... Yeah, it's just for us, we've noticed that we can't, we have to deal with the hurt feelings right away. We have to have that quick 15-minute yell session, and then we can actually start supporting each other again. Well, that's really good. And the thing is, like, growing up, Cole, his parents, like, not to air his dirty laundry, but, like, his parents are divorced, and it was, um, he never saw his parents fight, ever, ever. It was always behind closed doors. He'd never seen it. And so, growing up, everything was fine and fine and fine until one day his dad came up to him and goes, we're getting a divorce. 
I like cheated mm-hmm. on your mom and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he never saw it coming. And it was right in junior high for him. So right when he started to develop relationships, his parents' like relationship fell to pieces. And oh. he had thought it was perfect. Yeah. Because he'd never seen anything. Of course. And so I think a part of our like screaming at each other, yelling fight is almost like a way for him to be like, this is something my parents never did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, he never grew up in a situation where he saw his parents fight, so he doesn't really know how to do it, which kind of makes sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so usually, he exactly, he doesn't know how to do it. And yeah. so anytime I bring up anything, he's like, he reacts so strongly to it yeah. that we both just need to yell at each other and then we're good. And like my family's complete polar opposite. My mom yelled at my dad all the time. <laughs> yes. Did he take it seriously? I don't know. He hid in the garage a lot, but like that's, they were just allowed people like my mm-hmm. mom and dad screamed at each other all the time it was i knew it was happening because you could hear it echo through the house yep. mm-hmm. right now, there was no hiding <laughs> one thing i do want to say though when it comes to the therapy i've never obviously i was scared of therapy i knew that you know putting out my dirty laundry was something that i was really scared of doing um and the fact that kelly brought me to her therapist not even just to go there for a session but just to go and meet her she wanted to meet me um mm-hmm. and just have that conversation that took all the stigma away from therapists and mm-hmm. actually going to therapy so it's something that i'm way more open to so maybe for you it might be worth just yeah. getting cold to just come with you yeah it's a good suggestion yeah. um yeah. i try to like um i like i said i feel like cole and i are at different stages of like yeah. understanding mm-hmm. our mental health and yeah. not to be like I'm further along than he is mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I am further along than he is and so I don't want to pressure him and mm-hmm. be like you got to move at my speed there honey yeah time to go and so that's why I haven't pressured him too much I want him yeah. to find it organically and naturally on his own mm-hmm. path and yeah just giving him the time and space to like declump how he feels he needs to do it because we are when it comes to like how we operate we're very very different the only thing that kind of holds us together is we have exactly the same values. Yeah. Like, the way we feel about the earth, we're 100% on that. The way we mm-hmm. want to practice, like, the way we want our life to look like in the future, we're both 100% agreed. The way we want to practice our spiritu- spirituality, raise children, have pets, garden, all of that stuff is 100% the same. How we come at it, it's two different ball games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I try not to be like, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It should work for you. Because mm-hmm. it, it, we've tried that. It doesn't. And so I kind of have to let him almost figure it out on his own. And it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking to watch because he has a lot of bad days. And sometimes the best thing I can do is be like, I'm here when you need me. I'll see exactly. you in the morning. Yeah. Right. And let him like kind of have that manic breakdown and then. Yeah, and then move that later on. Well, and it's tough for guys. It really is. I mean, you know, as men, especially him, you know, growing up in that farm boy, I grew up the same way. It's tough for us to be weak. It's tough for us not to be the man of the household and and let our guard down and show you that we're weak. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he's even willing to do that in front of you, that's that's huge. He's like I said, Cole is 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 a one in the million. Like honest to goodness, one in a million. I have never met anyone like him. I doubt I will. And uh, I'm very happy. Well, luckily, you only need one. We stayed together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy we worked through it. Because if I didn't have him, it'd be very shitty. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, you guys seem great when it comes to that. So moving it along then. So now that we talk about your mental health, so what are your mental health struggles? Like, do you you have anything diagnosed? Um, So through my therapist, we've we've talked about it, and I've been trying to find a good medical doctor because Mm -hmm. I've had issues in the past with medical doctors because, like, 
being a young girl who's more sexually open, having to go to the doctor and be like, listen, doctor man, I would like some birth control. And having to be like, the whole misogynistic spiel from the doctors when you ask for birth control, I'm sick and tired of. And like, it's not just once. It's every time you try to go to renew your fucking prescription. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, just give me the goddamn pills. I know what they do. Yeah. So I'm actually, I've taken myself off birth control because um, it was something suggested by my therapist because we noticed that it was wonking my hormones yep, yep. That, and wonking my mental health. Yep. It so. did the exact same thing with me. Like being on the actual pill mm-hmm. did the exact same thing to me. Oh, and I was on the pill yep. from like 15. Yeah. And like, I was on it for like, I think almost 10 years. Yeah. I was 16 to about 20... Six twenty-seven, somewhere around there. Twenty-seven, I think. See, I was, I was, I stopped taking it right after the wedding. Oh, okay. Like right after the wedding, I stopped because I was like, oh, we might want to have kids. You know, it takes two years for you to get off it. And now, mm-hmm. now that I'm off it, and I'm a whole, not a whole new person, but I'm kind of trying to get to know my brain and body a whole new way. Yeah. Because I don't have this pill affecting it. I'm like, oh God, kids don't want those right now. <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. And then, and so now we're like, oh, I got to find other forms of birth control because mm-hmm. like, I don't want to take the pill ever again. And then like, same with the IUD. It mm. also releases stuff. There's, there's different options. I'm yeah. not going to so get So anyway, I'm not going to get, gonna get I'm right going to steer the court, <laughs> steer the ship yeah. here out of the birth control conversation. So back to mental health. Sorry. Do you know what you struggle from? So yeah, I have anxiety 110%. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And I've talked to my therapist. She's like, you classic signs of ang- of, uh, of anxiety. Yeah. And I just got to get it done by the doctor. Um, I wouldn't even worry about what the doctor says because a lot of mine, like I relate to them. They're, they're what makes sense to me. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. if a therapist explains it to you, in my opinion, if you want that title for it, take the title for it. Yeah. So 100% anxiety um, and and then um, hypersexualization is a big one. So okay. I am hypersexual mm-hmm. is, uh, is how I like to explain it. And because um, technically, because some people call uh, hypersexualization also like a, di- a sex addiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't like that term. Because I'm not addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's, it's not like I can, because you know with like... When you say, like, I have a gambling, addi- uh, a gambling addiction, there's like, oh, well, these are the steps to, like, stop having a gambling addiction. Mm-hmm. You can't just cold turkey sex. Yeah. It's no, a no. part of your life. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't like saying I have a sex addiction. I like saying, like, oh, I'm hypersexual. I, I'm good with that. That it, makes perfect sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense, right? So I have that and then the anxiety and then the seasonal depression is pretty bad. And that one is confirmed by the doctor. And it gets, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. I think that's about it. Okay. So my question to you is, let's go back to the start. How does witchcraft help you with anxiety? So so, so for, I think, well, how it helps me with anxiety is the meditation part of it is really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I'll notice, I'll just feel the anxiety. Like I can just feel it in my chest. Oh yeah. yeah. We know that feeling. Oh, right. Yeah. And so when I can feel it in my chest... I can then do spell work to ground myself. Okay. And I think just that small being like the grounding self spell is like step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, Mm. do this. Step four, do this. The steps help me calm down. And then afterwards, after I ground myself in the earth, I can feel like almost like an energy dump. Like I can, it feels like I can just dump all that 
tension into the earth mm-hmm. and then uh, the peacefulness afterwards is just so incredible so you said a spell so would you consider a spell because like i'm just taking this from you know third party looking on the outside mm-hmm. on the outside looking in mm-hmm. would you consider a spell a guided meditation then oh for sure so that's like okay. a perfect way to describe exactly what a spell is. is. Exactly okay. what it is. Because the whole point of spell work can be anything. You can make your own spells. It's literally, it's setting the intention in your brain through physical ways, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. some women, when they want to do a certain spell, they'll pull a tarot card that has a specific intention in mind. And then when you look at the tarot card, your brain is like, I'm thinking of this intention. This is the intention that I'm thinking of. This is what I'm putting out into the world. Okay. And then that's what it is, right? Because... Right? Have you seen that they recently re- um, released that manifesting is oh, by science? Yes. So that's what it's setting an attention is. It's manifesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Boom, bada, boom. Done. Yep. Done, totally. Done like dinner. So, okay. Now, when it comes into your... De- besides the meditation side, what does witchcraft bring to your mental health? Um, so, I think it gave me a sense of you are... You're normal. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. As much as I can say that. Um. So through, like, because I work with deities, and so the deities that I've chosen to work with, um, I've worked with Aphrodite a lot, and through working with her and doing the things for her and, and gathering things for her that she likes and communing with her through tarot and feeling her when I'm doing small little things for me and keeping her in mind through my daily life, I have found out, like, you're not broken. No. Mm-hmm. You're fine. You can be hypersexual and be a normal person. You can, exactly. this thing could happen to you and you can be a f- okay person. Like, it's it's basically working with the deities takes away from the, you're wrong, you're messed up, you're broken, you're mm-hmm. you're unhealthy, you're, you have bad mental health, like all of that label all of. All of like the negative thought patterns. Yes, yeah, I can completely let go of it. Yeah. And instead feel this warming embrace of, I love you, you're doing good, right? And that's what I feel for my deities. It's, I guess a lot of people feel that way with, like, Jesus and God, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They feel that, like, eternal love from Jesus and God. Well, I feel that eternal love just from my deities. I can feel them being like, you did good, champ. You did good. Yeah. And then I also notice the more I work with that, the less bad days I have. Okay. The yeah. less days that I'm, or my bed days don't last as long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? If there's been times where I've been like stuck in bed because of my seasonal depression and I'm not getting out anytime soon. Yeah. And so I can send a little like, I can be like, well, you know what I'll do? I'll stay in bed, but I'll read tarot in bed. Okay. And then mm-hmm. it's like bringing almost like a meditation. It's almost because like tarot is basically psychology 101. It's like you look at the picture, your brain thinks this. Oh, obviously you want to think about this. Let's unpack it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. what it is. That's the whole point of tarot, right? Is the, right. Is the images are supposed to spark a certain. Spark like a thought. A thought. Basically. Exactly. And then you debunk the thought through the other cards. And so it's basically like seeing a therapist in card form. Okay. And that is so cool. It is. And so I do tarot daily, right? And so if I'm having a real bad day, well, I'm staying in bed with my blanket of cocoons and mm-hmm. I'm going to read tarot and I'm going to cry and I'm going to accept certain things. It's just been easier. It's like I said, it's been talking to my ther- therapist about it. I literally say that like my tarot cards are my other therapist. See, and that's amazing. So like, I know like you talked about witchcraft and I'm sure which scares a lot of people. Like for me, that's a very intimidating thing to hear. But then when we get into it, it's literally the most basic of practices that everybody does. You just have a different way of doing it. Exactly. It's more, and like almost like a more ancient way of doing it because none of these things are new. 
It's people been doing these for hundreds of years. I'm just noticing they work for me and I'm going to use them. Some, mm-hmm. some people like journaling. Some people like doing more technology focused stuff, right? It's, it's whatever works for you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take it from here then. Let's get into the kids. Oh, I really want to know about this. So you've been through this place. When did you actually get into witchcraft? How long ago would you say? About five years. Okay. So it's been a big part of your life then. For a while. Yeah. So when it comes to children, mm. I'm really curious on that relation. Like, obviously you tell a kid, like, have you talked, do you talk to your kids about witchcraft? The kids at my work? Um, no. Okay. Because I don't think it's appropriate just because I'm at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. If um if anyone else was bringing their religion mm-hmm. into their workplace, I would right. also have a problem with that. And so I don't. I've never. None of the kids that I work with know. Right. Yeah. Okay. And if they ask me, "What do you believe?" I tell mm-hmm. them what I believe, but I mm-hmm. never label it witchcraft. Yeah. But what I find something I find, and this is just a funny find of mine, is actually children all love witchcraft. Every little girl <laughs> and boy that I've ever run into ever is like, they'll take a bunch of leaves off with some mud and some sand and they mix it together and they go, I'm making a potion. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you are. You are <laughs> making a potion. Good for you. And yeah. so what I'll do is I'll be like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And they're like, well, I'm a good witch. I'm like, well, how do you know? What does a good witch do? And so we have those conversations where witchcraft is good okay. and it's accepted mm-hmm. and it's okay. Right? And that's what I just do. Like, they they were like, I want to be a witch one day, is what they'll say. And I'll go, oh, that sounds like a great idea. You could be a witch. You could be an Mm -hmm. adult witch. And I say, there's witches out there. I'll let them know. We have a witch store in Stony Plain. We took a, we did a little tour. Like, we wanted to do a field trip there. But then COVID happened. So we're planning on it once, maybe a little bit later. We can take a field trip to the witch store. Look so at the crystals. when you deal with the kid, like what exactly do you do with these kids? Like what are these, like when you spend these time with these kids, what are you getting from it? Or what are they getting from it? Like, well, well, cause one, it's my job. Um, so yeah, I just have, kind of explain your job a little. Oh, bit okay. Oh, yeah. expi- okay. So I'm an early childhood educator. Um, most people will just call me a daycare worker. Um, so the primary focus of early childhood education is, um, to support children in getting a good foundation actually for their mental health yeah. mm-hmm. later on in life. That's yeah. the, the whole premises of early childhood is understanding how the brain develops, how stress happens, toxic stress, and also the different forms of delays learning delays physical delays things like that and how to properly support children to basically have a good foundation to learn more yeah right and so some of the things we talk about is the whole reason we had to learn a whole section of sexual assault in young children is because you need to know the signs if you're an early childhood educator you need to know the signs and once you see the signs contact someone right because we work very closely with social workers and things like that and also um Noting when like a child has a delay and then being able to support them, you know, as much as we can so that by the time they get into school, it doesn't affect them. They have the tools they need to get past it. So that's basically my whole job. And so um, a lot of early childhood is very nature based, Mm -hmm. right? We do a lot of thing, a lot of play with things called loose parts, which loose parts are basically any toys that don't have a set way to play with them. So if I give you a car, cars drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's not a loose part. I give you Lego. Okay. okay. You okay. can make anything with Lego. Yeah. It's yeah. all up to your in like your imagination. Yeah. So yeah. that is considered a loose part. But now we're trying to add in is, you know, sticks, string, nails, hammers, mm-hmm. things like that, like real life things that they're going to use later to play with. 
right? Rocks, sand, yeah. water, yeah, all yeah. that fun stuff. Smart. Well, it's also really nice to be able to give them a stick because like, I, I'm pretty sure you, you could go up you know what? I'm going right into the segment. I guarantee the kids these days. Because I guarantee you, there is not a 16 year old kid that I could give a stick to and say, "Entertain yourself," and he would know what to do with it. Oh, but at, at all the kids at my work, I could easily mm-hmm. give them a stick, and they all entertain themselves. See, and that's yep. phenomenal, yeah, right? And that's, that's the whole amazing. and that's the whole thing with early childhood. It's it's becoming more nature based. It's getting back to roots, getting back to basics, and getting back to practicing skills. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Not just rote memorization because classically and what intelligence looks like classically in our education system is rote memorization Mm -hmm. which actually Mm -hmm. you don't use rote memorization often in adult life you use problem solving skills Mm -hmm. you use emotional skills social skills way more than just memorizing some facts yeah it was kind of like we were watching down to earth that zach F- efron oh, documentary. Yeah. so good. i totally what yeah. yeah yeah and this when they go to that school and mm-hmm. there's no tests nope. they get to use tools and mm-hmm. they use knives these are yeah. infants using knives with yeah. no supervision and they never cut themselves never yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and so, said there's not a single accident it's no amazing. never and and that's what we that's what we do right and so some of the ways now trying to do that but being in Alberta mm-hmm. is a little difficult, right? Yeah. Especially a smaller town of Stony Plain. A lot of parents mm-hmm. I give, some parents I can give their kid a knife and they're like, yeah, give my kid a knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some parents I'm like, I'm going to give your kid a knife to whittle. And they're going to be like, you give my kid a knife and I'm going to pull them from this daycare. Yeah. So you yeah. have to find middle ways. And so yeah. a fun way, you don't want to give a kid a knife, you give them a potato peeler. Those things can whittle sticks. Huh? And you can't cut yourself. It's a potato peeler. So you do things like that. So if you want to give, if you want to, like you're camping with kids and you want them to maybe make a marshmallow stick, but you don't want to give them a knife, give them a potato peeler. Go to the dollar store, pick up those cheap dollar store potato peelers. Boom, bada boom. You can whittle that thing down to a nice point. You can't cut yourself. And has a nice handle. Holy shit. I'm telling you. Okay. I I know what I'm going to be doing. That's for sure. Yeah, Yeah, give some kids a potato peeler. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to start with. (laughs) Magnifying glasses are really fun for if you want to expose them to fire right in the beginning. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you magnifying glass, you can reflect the light. But also, your kid kid can't burn themselves with a magnifying glass. No kid understands the concept of holding it this way or that way. And so it's a good first fire experience. Hmm. The magnifying glass. That's so cool. We've been doing that at daycare a lot. We've made a bunch of fire pits, and then we've tried to start fires with the magnifying nice. glass. Nice. Yeah, it's been quite fun. So so cool. Well, it's also you know it's life skills, it's survival skills. That's mm-hmm. very important. Well, and exactly. see, and actually, survival survival skills is basically problem solving one on one. You got a problem, yeah. figure a way to solve it. Yeah. And that's what businesses and uh, companies want to see more of. That's what they want from their employees. They want mm-hmm. you to solve the problem before you have to go to them. See, yeah. and that's an amazing way to look at, it, especially a childhood development like yeah. mm-hmm. that's amazing mm-hmm. so yeah. okay when you have kids do you deal with a lot of kids that have mental health oh oh my god yes so when you're doing this now do you basically take your uh witchcraft style methods bring it down to like normal yeah like out of the you know yeah. normal terms i'm using quotations because yeah. yeah. the podcast you can't see my hands for sure. uh, <laughs> i know i do it all the time i too. know right <laughs> yeah Quotations. Quotations. In quotation. Uh, yes, I 100% do. Okay. 100%. Uh, so some of the things I'll do is like my grounding spell works. Easy way to help kids calm down during a temper tantrum. Which is a guided meditation. Which is guided yeah. meditation, right? You have a kid having a temper tantrum. First thing I always do is take off your shoes. You want to calm a kid down in two seconds, tell them it's okay to take their shoes off outside. Hmm. Kids take their shoes off outside 
it's, I don't know what it is, but literally every time I've had a temper tantrum with a kid, I go, do you want to take your shoes off for a few minutes and have your feet on the ground? They go, yeah, take their shoes off. And then the crying stops within two seconds. And then they're just like, it's the connection with the earth. It's that energy transfer. Kids can, kids can feel the things that we adults can't feel because we Mm -hmm. adults turn our brains off to it. We don't want to, it's, it's, we're not, we don't have an open enough mind to be able to accept it. Like when we've been conditioned by our society to not feel those things. If you feel those things, you're a crazy person. Mm-hmm. who's a hippie who deserves to be on like the corner street right yeah. like think of all the hippies you've ever seen in tv they're always like hello yeah, yeah. the rain's got dealing energy yeah randomly jewish i don't yeah. know i don't know yeah <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah. like and so you want to calm a kid down in two seconds with a temp tell them to take them shoes off let them sit on the earth let them cover themselves in sand yeah instantly calms them down that is amazing That's and i so love amazing that to hear right and like yeah. and everyone thinks when a kid has a temper tantrum first thing you got to do is you gotta hold them you gotta hold yeah. them they gotta sit on your lap you gotta yeah. hold your to- no don't touch that kid right like mm-hmm. it's overwhelming to many children if you're feeling that much energy and that much anxiety in that mm-hmm. moment and, and then i'm to gonna be... touch you yeah yeah and restrict you restricted yeah. oh my god no but even if that works for that kid and it calms that kid down, the problem is you're also not teaching that kid to deal with it themselves. Um, themse- mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's yeah. what we want to do. We want to be able to have them feel these big feelings and be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm feeling the big feeling. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to do this so I don't explode. Yeah. yeah we- instead of being dependent on someone else to Ex- do it for them. Exactly. That's our main goal in early childhood. Basically, we want to give them all the skills that they need to be an independent human being. And then the rest, the rest of the learning is up to them, right? I'm not mm-hmm. here to teach your kid math. I'm not here to teach your kid how to write their name. I'm here to give your child the skills that they need to to function within a society, right? That's my goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want them to be capable, be capable people in their own emotional development. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so do you think that because you had this childhood trauma that that's kind of what brought you down this early childhood development path? No. Do you think that there's any sort of correlation there? No, I think early childhood was a happy accident. Yeah. That I've, that just was a happy accident. Um, I've been, look, I was looking for work. I needed a job. It was the one that was available. <laughs> and so I took it. That's literally how I got into it. I literally yeah. just took a daycare job in Spruce Grove when I w- was uh, let go. And I was trying to find a new job, and it was the only one available. They hired me. It was a quick, oh, take this online course, and then you get your level one. And I went, cool, online course, level one, great. And then I just mm-hmm. liked it so much. Yeah. It just became it, a lot of the things that I like, and a lot of the things that the, a lot of the things that don't fit well into job things. Like I'm a very chaotic person, <laughs> right? I like yes. mess. I like chaos. I like to do things when I feel like it. I mm. like to do one thing for 30 seconds and then move on to another thing for four hours, right? Yeah. My mood and my attention span are very much up and down. They're and very everywhere. sporadic. Yeah. yeah. So early childhood is, is a really great chaotic place to be for me because as I don't have a curriculum to I necessarily need to follow. I have mm-hmm. like these core brain things that I have to work on, but you can work on them in so many different ways. And so, and there's so many different types of kids out there. So if one kid's responding really well to my mood, I might spend extra time with them. Another kid's not responding that well to my mood. Okay, well then maybe another teacher's gonna be with them for a while. And it's mm-hmm. kids are also very changey and different and evolving yeah. in different ways so it's very new and fun and fresh and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's a high energy place and I do very well there and so I just continued my education because it was the easiest way to get more cash 
Well, and you seem very <laughs> passionate it. about it, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. I fell in love with it, for sure. I definitely fell in love with it. I fell in love with it because of the nature side of it. Like, yeah. early childhood and nature are the same thing. It's the That's same amazing. thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And so nature has been always been a huge part of my life, right? We've, yeah. Kelly knows. Yeah. We've gone camping all the time. Yeah, seriously. Like, we grew up going camping yeah, together. exactly. Yeah. So uh, to be in a field that has no nature in it, like an office job, would kill me. Mm-hmm. Honestly would. Yeah. And witchcraft is all about nature. And so now my work, my spirituality, my home life, all is nature-based. And, that's amazing. And that, I think that's one of the easiest reasons why I've healed so well is because I've, like, just put myself in nature. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so intense. Wow, seriously. It's so good. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. you know, I know we, we said we were going to go around the sexual assault route, but you know what? I don't think we're going to. Yes, I think it's fair. We've I think we're going to save that for another one because I honestly want to have a full-on conversation oh, about I'd, this. I would mm-hmm. love to have a conversation about that. Like I said, I talk to many, many other... I always am very honest about it and very open about it with anyone I meet because mm-hmm. it's so funny. The minute you say, hey, it's happened to me, eight other yeah. women are coming up to you going, it's happened to me too. Mm-hmm. And I feel not a responsibility but almost like a duty to try to help other women who felt this because yeah. I have healed from it so nicely okay you know what screw we're getting we're into gonna it we're gonna go into Why? it might okay. as well all right yeah. so i've got a you know from the other side obviously as a female perspective sexual assault is a very disgusting horrible thing oh yeah nobody wants to deal with it nobody you know what i mean like yeah, no one wants to talk about it right now here's one another thing that i want to talk about what about from the guy's perspective oh like a man suffering from sexual assault not even so truth be told like Kelly and I actually had this conversation about sexual assault and how it comes and how it's yeah. it's a lot to do with perception. Obviously, uh, intentions are number one. Um, permission, obviously, mm-hmm. is a big one too. But, you know, as a guy... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, as a guy who could be accused of sexual assault. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's a scary thing for, for, for me, especially. Especially getting back in the dating scene in the last, you know, couple years. Like, mm-hmm. that was super intense for me. And this was something I was actually very scared of. Well, and actually, so um, I also, like I've said before, because when I wasn't dealing with my sexual assault at a young age, I put myself in questionable situations. And I actually have been sexually assaulted multiple times after that. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I had one recent, when Cole and I were still together and um, married, it happened. Uh, I would, we went to, I went to a party with a few friends and, um, and this kind of touches base on consent for you. So I went, I was, I went to a party with some older high school friends. Cole couldn't come with me. He had to work the next day. I went by myself. I had, I had, it was right in the middle ground of, I was still lightly in therapy, not a lot in therapy. Mm -hmm. Weird. Anyway. So I went, I got incredibly wasted. And too wasted. I could, I couldn't, I could barely see. I could not drive myself home. I had asked uh, one of the people at the party, he'd offered to drive me home. He said, I'll drive you home. It'll be okay. He drove me home and he pushed his luck, right? I mm-hmm. think the thing to understand if you want to be a man and protecting yourself from, um, from being accused of sexual assault, understand consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm so drunk, I can't drive, I can't see. I can't give consent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he tried. um, And then he actually ended up dumping me off at the side of the road. And I like, like where my car was, like he, he didn't even take me home. He turned around, dropped me off my car. And like I said, I was too drunk to drive. Mm -hmm. And, but I did. 
I drove home. I shouldn't have, yeah. but I did. I was so scared after what had just happened to me. I wanted to go home. I wanted to be with my husband. And so I came home. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think we were married yet. Yeah, we were in this house, but we weren't married yet. So, yeah, it was right before we were married this happened. Really? And so I had to, I had to tell him, mm-hmm. right? I had to tell Cole about it, right? And then I had to decide, do I want to press charges? Yeah. And I decided I didn't want to, um, pers- just because of fear, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that's, so it happened again. And like I said, if you don't deal with it, you put yourself in these questionable situations because, because that's what you know, yeah. right? Right. If right. It was right at the, the beginning time of my development. My development said, this is what, this is what sex looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I put my, now when I wasn't dealing with it, I was putting myself in those situations for that repeat offense to happen again, because that's what I thought it was, it looked like. Right. And so it happened, it's happened multiple times after that. Yeah. And that is something that I've unpacked with my therapist on multiple days. Yeah. Okay. Cause I mean, obviously do you have like, okay, you know, obviously there's nothing as intense as a woman scorn. And when it comes to something about like this, this subject do you have any advice for a guy like me who was single and getting into this scene, you know, cause like this is, I, I, I'm an innocent guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, truth be told, I'll, I'll say, I'll be open here. I've had sex with three people my entire life. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm a very innocent person, but oh, getting I, into yeah. that dating scene is frightening to me. I can imagine. So I, if I had to give it to advice to so say, say you're a man and you're interested in a woman who has been honest with you and said, you know what? I was raped. This Mm -hmm. happened to me. You need to follow what the woman says, right? So if if she, because some, like I said, it looks really different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So some women might not want to relive any sort of Mm -hmm. idea of that. Some women do. Some women want to feel, want that, like uh, the adrenaline rush. Yeah, and I can, and I only can talk about myself. I personally, that is me. I want to not relive it. But I want that adrenaline rush. I want that fear sometimes. To re-experience mm-hmm. it, but in a safer way. Exactly. So I can unpack it. Because okay. the more I can experience it in yeah. a safe way with someone who I can say, stop, I don't like this anymore. And they will. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. easier for me to understand it and to move past it, basically. And so okay. Cole and I's sexual relationship has had very different flavors mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. our relationship. It was very plain Jane in the beginning. Well, no, it wasn't. It, it, <laughs> it wasn't. Without it, getting too far into it. It wasn't. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, like I said, everyone was like, he's never going to date you. So we just like slept with each other before we actually dated. And that was like, mm-hmm. that was like the bonding moment for yeah. us was that sexual release. And then it became deeper. Right. right? But I'm saying so, our, it's always been different for us. And now we're trying to get to that point of the safe zone of right. the, the power play in the safe way because like i want someone to be more powerful than me in those moments yeah mm-hmm. i don't want to hold the power in those moments because yeah. if i hold the power i'm not reliving that experience i can't unpack it i can't right. i can't get even a not not get not not get enjoyment from it but i get more enjoyment from the power dynamic just mm-hmm. because of what happened and it's a way to almost accept it it's not bad or dirty or negative. I'm not gross because mm-hmm. of that, of the power dynamics. It's just, it's fine. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, with that then, so my my question is, obviously, as a guy, let's say this is before Kelly, because obviously now that I got her, she's mine forever. But 
So before <laughs> Kelly, if I was in the dating scene and, you know, obviously this is a question that can never, that doesn't get asked from a guy who is very inexperienced in this to somebody who's experienced this. Do you have advice for a single guy that's in the, that's, you know, getting on the scene, approaching women? Just ask, just ask. Just be open and honest with just intentions. Ask. Yeah. Literally like there is nothing wrong with being like, can I kiss you? There's nothing wrong with that. There's also nothing wrong with being like, what's your fantasy? Yeah. Can you talk mm-hmm. to me about it? What do, you, what do you like? Let's do what you like or, or mm-hmm. vice versa. And like I said, it's just communication, just being communication with your partner, knowing what they don't knowing and being okay with what they like and, and experimenting is always great. But like I said, just following your partner's lead. Because sometimes they may say, I totally like this, but then mm-hmm. something might happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you might notice that. So just questions even during it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because reassuring, are, do you, can I do this? Yeah. yeah. Can I do that? Can, are you okay? Are you like, o- yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, and you can do it in a sexy way, right? There's a sexy way to be like, do you want me to do this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a sexy way you can do it. And it puts more... Yes, I do. Or no, mm-hmm. I don't. It gives the person that power. Exactly, right? Yeah, to With, make the decision. Exactly. But also that power then in, in a different way. Because like nobody wants to be like, is it okay? Yeah. Can I need you? No, don't do that. That's gross. But I mean like, <laughs> but a little huskier being like, hey baby, would you like me to do this? Yeah. yeah. All right, I would, now, I do. does this even go for like the first date? So let's just say you and I are at a party. We've both been drinking. Can you give me a piece of advice so I do not cross that line? I really can't. Yeah, it's, see, it's, it's tough, it's, right? It's tough. It's so tough. I really can't. Um, It's a very thin line. No means no. Yeah. Men, for the love of God, no means no. I mm-hmm. you do not believe when I used to go to the bar how many times men have been like tries to dance with you and you go, "Oh no, sorry, I'm with my girlfriends." And then they try again. And you're like, "That was a no. Yeah. That was a nice no." Understand when I'm like, "I'm with my girlfriends." If any girl says, "I'm with my girlfriends," that's a that's no. A no. Yeah. Don't ever approach me again. Yeah. And if and if I want to if I want you to approach me, I'll probably approach you. Yeah. Like, women are pretty good that way. Where if they want to be open to, like, maybe going you'll home know. with someone, you'll, you'll know, know because they'll be yeah. fucking there. They will be the ones to walk up to you. They'll go, oh, cute shirt. What is it? Could you yeah. buy me a drink? Like, they seek you out. When yeah. we want the attention, we will seek you out. Yeah. If we don't want the attention and we're huddled with our girlfriends, leave us the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. yes leave yes, us the yes, fuck yes. alone yeah it's not cute it's not fun and like there's a difference like every woman likes a little flirt mm-hmm. and there's a way to do it fun right i'm at the bar i'm getting a drink you're getting a drink we could flirty 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 and but then, then you can part ways exactly. and you don't have to see them for the rest of the night exactly yeah. don't hang around us it's mm-hmm. weird and you know what if you do give us some freaking space we might come over to you and sit with your friends and not mm-hmm. have the pressure of our friends being above just leave us the fuck alone if we want you we'll find you Okay. What about a guy that wants to pursue? Like, let's just say, let's just say, just for be instance. light and breezy. Light, okay. light. You can literally be light and breezy to multiple women. Get yeah. it out in shots like a shotgun. Like, hit one woman with a cute little flirt there. Hit another woman with another cute little flirt there. Hit another woman with a cute little flirt there, and another woman. You can flirt with eight different women at mm-hmm. one bar, and whichever woman, oops, sorry, whichever woman like <laughs> is into it, she will come to you after you yeah. let out. It's like pigeons right you throw some bread yeah whichever pigeon wants the food whichever pigeon is hungry they'll come for it okay mm-hmm. right like i said men take it like almost like a 
job. Like it's not. It's a, a challenge. For it's them. a challenge. It's yeah. not a challenge for us. We're going to let loose. We're going to relax. We're mm-hmm. going to dance. Feel sexy. Do our own thing. Like the bar for women is not a opportunity to find somebody. It never is. Like we find people in other ways. The bar is a place to relax. If we find someone, great. What a nice little cherry on top of the night. But we go there to dance, to feel sexy, to feel something. Huh. We go there to yep. experience something. Yeah, you go there for the experience. You for don't the experience go there for an yep. a, for an a re, for a thing at the end of it, mm-hmm. right? Well, we, I mean, truthfully, I I do know lots of women who would go to the bar specifically for that reason. But at but the same they, time, they, you know exactly, and that's yep. what I'm saying. They are approaching those men. They approach yep. the men they like because they exactly. they have the set in mind. But most women, I think, most women now are just going to mm-hmm. have an experience, dance with their friends, feel a little loosey-goosey. Yeah. A flirt is always appreciated. But like I said, men, be like a shotgun and hit multiple women in the one flirt. Like, flirt with eight different women and whichever one comes back to you, that's the one that was meant to be. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's great advice. <laughs> that actually sets my mind at ease in case something goes wrong between us. Yeah. <laughs> be like a shotgun. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. Like, because I sit on the other side of it, right? Like, the last thing I ever want to do is make a woman feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, that is one of my biggest fears Mm -hmm. as as a man is to have a woman accuse me of sexual assault because I never want to do that. Now, mind you, there might be some stupid decisions that I make in life that, you know, unfortunately could be, you know, viewed as sexual assault at that one moment when I was drunk or being stupid. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, as a whole, that that's my biggest fear. I think just men need to understand that if a woman is blackout, you can't give consent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any blackout woman cannot give consent yeah. also she she like basically if a girl is too drunk to drive friends she's too drunk to give consent because like you may be too drunk to drive but you're still mm-hmm. kind of coherent but yeah. you can't give proper consent you can't right if you if yeah, you're not you, you can't enough me- you can't mentally de- exactly yeah. you can't mentally give consent you might like think at the moment you can give consent but actually if you are not competent enough to get behind the wheel and to know what to remember all the laws of the road and to stay Hmm. straight and center you can't give consent right because you're not thinking of other factors if you're that drunk right yeah right so that's just a nice easy rule boys if Mm -hmm. she is too drunk to drive she's too drunk to give consent Right? Okay. Yeah. It's just simple That's and easy. Awesome. So get consent yeah. before you start drinking, boys. Exactly. Yeah. Get, yeah but you can't. You could. You can get the consent before you start drinking, yep. right? Because yeah. you could be with a, a girl you like and be like, "Hey, not to be weird, but I would really like to be with you tonight." And I know both of us are going to drink, and maybe we might be past the point of consent. You can. Mm-hmm. That's a fun. That's a appropriate conversation I want to have with men. I wish I had a guy who I was dating go, "Hey, I want to get crazy tonight. I want to drink." And get crazy. I want you to drink and get crazy. I want both of us just to be free, to let go, to be one with the universe. Mm-hmm. But I know we can't give consent in that moment. So I would like to be with you tonight. How do you feel about that? Before you start drinking. Because mm-hmm. she might say, you know what? Yeah, I want to get crazy. And of course, I want to mm-hmm. like be with you. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Right? She's giving But she can also take the consent back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So later in the night, maybe you try and she goes, no, I don't feel like it. Well, consent has just been taken away. So mm-hmm. you have to listen, right? But right. have that conversation before she's fucking blackout. Like, yeah, you guys could be buzzed and still, you can be buzzed and still technically drive. You could be buzzed and still have that conversation about consent before mm-hmm. it gets the past of the point of no return. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and I don't, I think men find that very complicated. We women would like that. We would like the open, upfront honesty yeah. of, I want to be with you tonight, mm-hmm. but we might get crazy. How do you feel about it? Yeah. Well, it's also tough for guys to bring that up because, oh, like, to put themselves out there, it's a very, mm-hmm. you know, scary, intimidating. Yeah. And also, you're showing vulnerability, too. Oh, for and sure. Because you're, you're accepting the no. It yeah. might be a no. Yeah. yeah. And you have to accept that, right? It's yeah. hard, right? Mm-hmm. None of this is easy. Exactly. No. It's exactly. really tough. And like ever since we we, you know, Kelly and I have been talking about, you know, your story, it's been something that's been on the back of my mind. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what happens if, you know, what if there was a time where I did something that I haven't even thought about and it, it's really scary. Yeah. It is a really scary thing as a guy to think that I might have made a woman feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can imagine. And like um I'm pretty open like cuz I'm I'm bisexual as well, so I'm also attracted to women. Um, and the tough thing about that is every woman I've ever liked has never liked me. Oh, She's been very straight every time. And mm. so having to be like, I like you, and then being like, I am very straight. I only am strictly diggly. And you have to be like, oh. Like, oh, shucks. Darn okay. it. Right? And yeah. so I put myself out there, and I feel the cold sting of rejection, right? Like, it's, it's not, there's no simple answer for any of this. That's mm-hmm. the tough that's the tough answer. There's no simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is so. this has been a very interesting episode. Oh, I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Seriously. Heavy, touched, though. But heavy. great. But heavy. I want to have a part two. So I want to have a part two. So I don't really want to do closing segments, this one. Because really, okay. like, to do the yeah. why I love you, you could tell us why you love Cole, but you've already explained so many reasons why you well, love Cole. Well, actually, you know what's so funny? I was thinking of the why you do I... You have a why I, I love I, you? I do. Yes. Do it. Okay, do I it. Do. do it. I do have a why I love you, Cole. Okay, so the reason I love Cole is because Cole is constantly trying. That is the one thing I I think I love the most about him. He is trying his hardest all the time. If I bring up anything of like, I'm not feeling good, mm-hmm. he tries so hard to make me feel good after I voice that. Or if I've been like, you hurt my feelings because you did this thing. He tries so hard never to do that thing again. And sometimes he does do the thing again. Mm -hmm. But then like you can see it on his face that like he failed in the try and he is devastated. Yeah. Right? And so I love him so much because of the effort he puts into us all the time. He's always, always pushing, pushing himself to the limit for this. Yeah. And it's something that I I needed and I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Oh, more than appreciate. Oh, man. Yeah, love it. Yeah, exactly. Love it. That is, that is amazing. You and Cole are very similar. I'm very I excited know, to get to know Every, very every time I like listen to your thing, I'm like, Kelly's like Cole and I'm like Kevin. And it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a bit, well, but I also got a lot. Of, I don't know, like raising on a farm. I'm a farm boy. I like oh, to yeah. hunt. Like, mm-hmm. I got a feeling Cole and I are going to get along just oh, I th- fine. I think so. We, yeah. We're big hunters too, right? Yeah. Most of the meats is venison. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just don't one. like buying beef, right? Neither yeah, do I. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Our freezer's mm-hmm. getting freakishly it's, low. Yeah, it's getting a little low. It's kind of scary. I know. I'm excited that it's coming up soon, right? Yeah. Me too. Then we can yeah. pack up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, such a good time. So, so good. I mean, obviously, we want to do a round two. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say to anybody listening to this, hit us up. Oh, yes. Pose some questions. Yes. Yes. Let us know your questions, guys. So how the number two love me podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. All the same. (laughs) 
Hit us up. Made it easy. Ask Hannah questions because we are going to do a part two. And I say we need to do a part two in the next few months mm-hmm. for I'm, sure. Oh, and I'm oh, happy definitely. to answer any questions. And I'm going to plug myself here. I'm on TikTok, everyone. Yes, she is. And <laughs> I do many lives where I talk about sexual assault, witchcraft, deities, um, being in a relationship. Like I, I talk about... Basically, my life is an open book, and I talk about it on TikTok all the time. And so people have asked me many, many questions, and I've accidentally been teaching baby witches a bunch of things, which I never thought I would be able to. (laughs) I consider myself a baby witch, but fuck it. We're going to do it. I'm going to teach the things that I know. So I'm on TikTok, and I'm just Hannah Tarrant 3 on TikTok. Spell it out, because I don't know how to spell Tarrant. Okay, so it's H-A-N-N-A-H-T-A-R-R-A-N-T 3. There you go. Perfect. There we go. Hit her up on TikTok. We yeah. don't have a TikTok. No, Maybe we don't. you should start a TikTok for us. I could start a TikTok oh, for you guys. Oh, that's interesting. That'd I love fucking cool. TikTok. It's my favorite thing. I've never downloaded it. It's so fun. Seriously, I could get lost in there for hours. Yeah, hours. that's why I haven't downloaded it. I had to do a timer on it to be like, you can only stream it for two hours at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great that's idea. Great. Oh, yeah, you Seriously. do the wellness timer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Jeez, okay. You know okay, what? We're just going to get on a bunch of different conversations. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. Do you yeah. want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's anything wrap to it say? up. Not really. Ask Hannah I've been, questions. I've been so quiet this entire episode. But I'm honestly, so sorry, like... I've talked too much. No, I love the no. fact that you talk so much. Like, yeah. I love the fact that you were so open and so vulnerable and you're willing to share so many things. And, like, honestly, like, I've known you for pretty much my entire life. I've known you for the last, like, eight, nine years. Yeah. So it's just, like, it's cool to watch kind of, like, my two different worlds just, like, merge Collide. together. It's, oh, it's really was, cool to I watch you I was literally telling Catelyn, like, listening to the podcast and knowing Kelly from childhood, completely different person almost, mm-hmm. right? And it's so funny how your childhood perceptions of people change once you become an adult. Totally. Because it's, like, you almost, like, get to see them for who they really are. You're exactly. not seeing them through these childhood glasses or yeah. these egotistical glasses. You get them away from their parents and you get them away from, yeah. you know, you everything. You see that... them who they actually are. Exactly. exactly. You see them for the actual person yeah. that they are. Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. exactly what you see at daycare all day. Wrapped it up! <laughs> Wrapped, Wrapped it, it up! <laughs> Let's put a bow on this bitch and call her a day! <laughs> yep. So anyway... Please okay, so. hit us up. Ask Anna questions. We really, really want these. Yes. Like, we're. You know what? We're gonna do a post in the next month about ask her anything. Sure. Because we do our ask us anything. Maybe we'll give the Instagram over to Hannah and we'll let her run those questions. Yeah. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Giving her some power. Yeah. You guys might not even like the answers. Which yep. I have. Probably. <laughs> it's fine. So anyway, guys, hit up Hannah on TikTok. Yep. She is actually quite entertaining to watch. Give I've her seen a, a few. Follow. Yeah, give her a yeah, follow. Add yep. to those. And uh, yeah, don't be afraid to hit us up. Ask us any questions. If you've got more questions for Hannah, we are going to do a second episode. So please ask. Yeah. Let's get those questions. And that means from anything from sexual assault to childhood development to witchcraft. Yeah. Anything and everything. Seriously, and everything in between. You can even ask me things that I might not know of. I'll yeah. try my best. And mm-hmm. hunting, too, because I'm going to ask some hunting questions. That's better <laughs> left to my husband. I well, only do grouse hunting. Let's, hope, let's hopefully we can get Cole in on the next one. That'd be pretty That'd cool. That'd be pretty cool. I know you said that he's probably... Cole hates podcasts because he hates talking. <laughs> <laughs> he hates talking. Unless, if we did a special podcast where it was like, we all get a little baked... And then we do it. He might join in because he's a chatty okay. Cathy okay. when he is stoned. Okay, well that sounds like well, a great plan. Well, there we plan. go. There's there's round two. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll yeah. we'll Good make luck. that we'll make that a uh, you know a game day call. Yeah, a game think. day decision. Yeah, game yeah. day decision. <laughs> if we don't have to go anywhere. So, yeah. 
Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we love you as always. And do you want to join us on our send-off? Yes, I, I love everyone, and I hope everyone's having a good mental health day. You're setting my intentions for all y'all. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Love that. All right, guys, we'll okay. let you go, and bye! bye.